Last case from Len. Okay, 56-year-old postmenopausal teacher was found to have a two-centimeter breast mass on mammography, and core biopsy showed infiltrating ductal cancer, nuclear grade 2. ER was 90%, PR 40%, and HER2 was 3-plus by IHC, but was not amplified by FISH times 2. Sentinel node biopsy was negative. She was seen by another oncologist and recommended that she receive Herceptin, carboplatinum, and taxotere as neoadjuvant chemotherapy. She then was seen for a second opinion. How large was this? Two centimeters. Okay. And she was oncotyped. The results showed a recurrence score of 13, and ER and PR on the oncotype was strongly positive. She just underwent lumpectomy for what turned out to be a 1.7 by 1.6 centimeter grade 2 infiltrating ductal cancer, and her HER2 new tests were being repeated. This is just done. And she's to be considered for an AI therapy. You told me that the people at Oncotype said she's HER2 negative. Yeah, they said that they felt strongly that she'd be HER2 negative. So there was a conflict between... You talked to them, and on, you right. know, on the Oncotype, she's HER2 negative. She's okay. HER2 negative. That's well. So she's somebody who was labeled as HER2 positive, who had an Oncotype for whatever reason, and now they're saying she's HER2 negative. Rowan, what do you... This discrepancy between IHC 3-plus and FISH, I mean, that's one of those weekend discussions, and I think if Prez would say that in their intergroup study that some of those patients responded to therapy, and I think Dr. Slayman would say that they're unlikely to respond. This is very intriguing business about having the oncotype predict that HER2 negative status, and I would think that would be a, a pretty reliable estimate. You'd have a question about whether you should treat on the basis of these findings, and that would certainly influence my thinking, though I didn't know that that information was available. So, Steve? This is, really brings up the issues, because I think based on IHC 3+, she would have been eligible for the trial. She could have entered the NSABP trial. She could have gotten her septum as part of the trial. And then the tissue would have been sent to soon Paik, and he would have tested it as showing it negative, and then they would have reported she had clinical benefit from her septum. <laughs> so where does that leave us? You know, I think it is a testing issue. That's the thing. And, you know, we're all kind of aware that IHC is going to be confirmed about 88 to 90% of the time, but it's not 100% of the time. So here now, you've really shown that it clearly is not overexpressed HER2. So this is now much more routine kind of ERPR, postmenopausal breast cancer with treatment hormonal therapy. It's a huge difference in outcome. And, you know, I know that Dennis Slayman and Mike Press at USC think it's a testing issue. It's how the testing is done for this. And Mike Press had a couple presentations at ASCO where he does this extremely carefully, and I think does it extremely well. And in one presentation was comparing high-volume labs doing fish, and then some of the samples, well, as his lab, and then the samples being sent around blinded and re-read again. And the high-volume lab, where it's being signed out by PhD tech or somebody, you know, there's only 87% concordance, and it was a 97% concordance or something in his lab with himself. So it really is the quality of the testing. And I think Dennis Slayman has asked in some of these trials that a group of blocks or slides be sent around to all the people blinded and really trying to find out how they're being read and how they're being interpreted. And you're really kind of left in a quandary. We normally wouldn't recommend oncotype testing for somebody who was HER2 positive, but this turns out to be HER2 negative, and oncotype can tell you that. Rich? So if in Dr. Paik's presentation that I listened to, some of those people responded to Herceptin as a heterogeneity within the tumor itself, so that part of the tumor is positive and part of it is negative, because there are people who say that any positive should be treated. 
Yeah, and we don't really know. They were called positive by somebody when they entered the trial. The original pathologist did IHC 3+, and then some unknown tissue was sent to Soon Peak's lab where he could not confirm any of this, and yet the clinical benefit was apparent. So that really does raise the question of sampling and who's doing what on testing. It's a little bit scary. I mean, I think the issue here is are we under-treating HER2-positive breast cancer? We're treating 20%, but should be treating 40%. And I think that's going to require a trial to kind of sell this. And there is a signal that actually that even people who never tested positive show some response, and that's from the Taxane trial. It was weekly taxol versus every three-week taxol out of Sloan Kettering. And then when the Herceptin data came out, they gave everybody who was HER2 positive Herceptin and the HER2 negatives, they randomized to Herceptin or not. Underpowered, it felt to be a negative trial, but there was about 8% higher response frequency in the patients who got the Herceptin. And so that's a trial where they were never positive and they had a potential response signal. The same issue was in the Lepatinib trial, which I always a little crazy design. People who are eligible, a European trial had to be either negative or untested to get lapatinib as a variable because they knew that by the time they got them to wherever the lab was, they would all be tested later. And they had a big group that were not positive at all for HER2 overexpression. And they had, again, a trend for more response in the people who got lapatinib with chemotherapy in that trial. So you have these two signals, not statistically significant, but raising the question of how do we identify these people?